0: Before uh, we go into anything, um, I feel like God is wanting me to share this, Um, and this song kind of reminded me of uh, something that uh, had a hold on me over uh, a long time ago, and um, I always question what I would, what I would do if I was faced with this kind of temptation. And uh some people know here that I struggled with uh uh cocaine addiction uh many years ago. And you know, our family and friends would always ask me, you know, what if it was right in front of you, what do you would do? And, you know, I wanted to say, well, I won't do it, but deep down inside, you know, I always questioning myself. Um I was at a class reunion, um uh last weekend, and my best friend growing up uh he was always trying to get me to stop doing that, and him and another friend would always harp on me about it, and I knew that they cared about me and they wanted me to quit, but I knew something was different with him, you know uh, and i th- I thought something was up, and uh, he, yeah, he offered me cocaine, and I found myself um, praying for him, and that was a huge victory over a stronghold, Um, and so if anybody is uh, struggling out there, um, don't think you're the only one. that was a huge victory over an old stronghold, and God was the only one that got me through that. I found myself praying for Him. If anybody can pray for Him, I know He's struggling. He's in a dark place, and I know where that place was. And it might have been fun at the time, but it's not. Uh, it's just going to end in in destruction. So. Anyways, I want to share that. How, how, guys, Adam, how, how long have you been clean? Ten years. Ten years.
1: Ah. It's not easy. And I, I love this. So I just, this was not planned. Okay. But he shared this the other night amongst our worship team. And this is what, what we do. And really what we're talking about in authentic community is about. Is it comes back to when we see visible, physical stories of God's faithfulness to draw people out of darkness into light and walk in newness of life. And even when faced with the same temptations that they were previously, they can continue to walk in newness of life. And that's... Yes! Praise God. Praise God. So thank you, brother, for sharing that and reminding us all, really the emphasis of why we even gather together at all, is to bring us each into a place where we step into that. And I hope that serves as a testimony to those of you here who may be saying, I've been struggling with something but don't feel like I can be honest about it. I don't feel like I can be upfront and Transparent about that as I said none of I had no idea I was going to share this with all of you That's a big deal. Okay And and so how much more to look around you and go I can share and invest in and be transparent with those Sitting next to me sitting close with me because I am simply a sinner who's in desperate need of jesus And I know that the power of christ can walk with me through whatever darkness I may face So I just want to I want to pray right now and give glory to god for your testimony and for your boldness even to share that and the impact of that. And let's just pray together. Father, I'm so grateful for my brother Adam and Lord for the reality that uh, he just felt you're leading to share this. And Father, I'm overwhelmed with joy uh, once again as he shares his triumph over his victorious triumph over darkness. Lord, over temptation And so, Lord, I pray right now that you, I I believe that you had him share this for a specific purpose for individual or multiple people that are here today that are struggling and saying, I don't know if I can overcome this, I don't know if I can walk through this, and that you would have used simply Adam's testimony of your faithfulness. To encourage that person or those people to say, I don't have to do this alone. I can triumph over the darkness within me when I know that my Savior lives. And Father, may we take that to heart now as we open your word together and pray. We pray this uh, in celebration and praise and in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Amen. Amen. I feel like we could just go home. I mean really, I'm serious in some senses, although we're not going to do that because I'm really excited about this message. But in all reality, like if that, if that, if some Sunday that became what happened just in the morning, like praise God. I I mean that's, church that's what it's about. And uh, we can easily get stuck behind our, uh, Our practices and kind of what we're used to and lose sight of the life change and transformation that God is doing right now in the lives of people. And uh, when we hear stories like that, it should rejuvenate us. It should invigorate us and make us go, oh man, I want more of that. And all the more that then we reach out beyond just this place and reach out to those individuals and those people who go, who we go, man, I want them to experience the same life giving truth and hope that that I've found and uh, if we truly believe that there's life in Christ, which we do, amen? amen, and and if we truly believe that, then why wouldn't we want to share that hope, the hope of Christ with those around us? And uh, that song is such a, a perfect transition that I've decided to follow Jesus. There's no, no turning back from that. I pray that that's our desire and heart as we step into this today. Uh, take your Bibles and open up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, this is where we've kind of remained as the foundation for this series of talks. And as you're turning there, I'm going to get my lovely props ready to go. I'm really excited about. I had someone tell me uh, as I as I brought these in that it must be a it must be a long message because I brought lunch. And I didn't tell them one way or the other whether that was so. No, don't worry. I wouldn't just feed you lettuce. If we were going to do it uh, a biblical way, I'd have some loaves and fishes. And we would pass those out and have them together. You'll see what these are for in a minute. But we're going to be continuing. This is our really our next to last week in this series in authentic community. And the whole desire of this series of talks is really to bring us to a place where we understand and grasp how much we need... Not just community, but authentic community. True community, okay? So turn to your neighbor and tell them, I need community. Alright? Just so, that's something that generally we we would say is true. Even people outside the church will admit that. I need people around me. I need friends. Unless you're a recluse and have just decided you're going to live out in the boonies by yourself. Which I have met people like that. Um... But majority of us would say, man, I gotta have people. And even those of you, I gotta, I gotta see, how many of you are fellow introverts? How many of you say you're introverts? Raise your hand. And how many of you are those other side extroverts? Alright, see? Okay. Most people would not guess this, but I'm actually an introvert. Now, yo, I'm serious. Some of you are laughing at me like I'm joking. And the reason I say this is because I can, I can go for a whole day by myself and be energized. Okay? Now, my wife, on the other hand, she's an extrovert in that she is energized when she's around people. Like she just, if she is cooped up by herself in the house, granted she does have three little kids there too, she, she'll go crazy. Okay? She's like, I just need some adult interaction. And yet, despite all of that, Regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, there's no denying that you still desire community. And just because we might be different in that sense doesn't change the fact that there's something that is designed within us that goes, "Ah, I just crave to be around like-minded people. And that's why we're coming to this and trying to understand how do we discern between community that is not authentic and community that is. All right. And so I just want to jump right in and read in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 42. So big 2, little 42 is where we're going to start. And this is this is where we've been. And then uh, we're going to be in another section of Scripture as well today as we think about a, a specific aspect about this. Verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves, everyone say devoted, to the apostles' teaching, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Father, we pray that uh, this truth in your word would ring true for us. Lord, that we would understand it, that you would, by your spirit, challenge us, convict us. And bring us to an awareness where we need to make shifts in our own life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want to highlight a few words. And they're going to be up here on the screen from this Acts chapter 2 passage. Specifically, these repeated phrases that you see just in this short span of verses where we see community being lived out. Devoted to fellowship. Breaking of bread. All who believed were. What's that word? Together, everyone say together, Together. day by day attending the temple, what's that word? Together, Together, breaking bread in their homes. And it's implied that that was being done, what? Together. Together. Okay, everyone say it once more, Together. together. All right. Now, in reading this, it becomes very clear that this kind of community that has taken place is unique. Everyone say it's unique. Many of us, listen to this, have the appearance of community without the authenticity of it. Many of us have the appearance of community without the authenticity of it. An example of this is how social media has influenced our opinion on what community is. And what I mean by that is, you can go on social media and it shows you have 800, 1,000, 1,200 friends. And you not know any of them. And so, in that sense, we have been given the appearance of community without the authenticity of it. This is developing the need for what is authentic, what is true, what is real, what is tangible. And many of us may have been victims of community that is not authentic. We may have been the byproduct of living really on our own with the facade that we actually have real community. But in all reality, we don't. And so as we consider this, I want to encourage you with this main idea. Which is that the need for authentic community increases the closer we get to eternity. Okay? The need... For authentic community increases, or should increase, the closer we get to eternity. Now when we consider that, we have to ask ourselves a couple kind of difficult questions in this sense. What does my community currently look like? And what changes do I need to make in order to move myself into community that is more authentic, more real, more true? More life-giving, okay? Now, as we consider that, I want to draw out kind of a misconception about the idea of fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. fellowship. Okay. How many of you have heard this word before? How many of you would say that fellowship is something that should be part of our church body? Okay. Good. It should. How many of you are convinced that that fellowship should always include food? (laughs) Those of you who raise your hand, see, that's, you're you're true Christians right there. We always got to have a potluck. I'm just kidding. I really am, okay? But, in some senses, we have created this idea of what fellowship looks like that diminishes biblically what it's supposed to be. And I want to explain that a little bit. The word for fellowship is this right here. Anyone want to pronounce that? Try to pronounce that? I'm not going to make you try, okay? You've probably heard it before. This is New Testament Greek, and it's pronounced koinonia. Koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. Okay? There's actually several organizations that are named after this. And... This is the word for fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. But it is not simply marked by the idea of what we would define as fellowship. And here's what I mean by that. We will often or occasionally designate fellowship to a specific place. Many of you may have been in churches previously where we say go to the what? Ah, the fellowship hall, because that's where fellowship takes place. It diminishes it, okay? It limits it to one place. Or, in reality, we might say, well, we're gonna, we're gonna gather together and fellowship with one another. And it's kind of this abstract idea where we go, I don't really know what this means. I think it just means talking with each other. How many of you have thought that's what it means? We just, we just kind of shoot the breeze and talk with each other. That easily becomes what we think of when we think of fellowship. Okay? But the word, actually, you could translate it four different ways. And it is translated as such throughout Scripture. And so there's four different ways. Fellowship is one. Partnership is another. Share or sharing is yet another. And participation is a fourth one. Now, all of a sudden, when you look at this, it some it should change in our minds what we think of when we think of fellowship. Because the reality is we can do the things that we would call quote-unquote fellowship without actually modeling this. This word gives a dynamic view of fellowship. It is an active participation in, not merely an external thing that's done. The kind of fellowship that is rooted in the gospel is motivated by those very truths. In that, as we recognize that we are in company of fellow sinners, all right, that's important, we desire to gather with them and pursue in life, pursue a life, specifically, that no longer looks like the one we once had. Anything outside of this type of active, shared participation together falls short of true authenticity. Okay? To summarize that. It really all I'm saying is. True fellowship should take place. When we look around us and we go. Oh man. I'm surrounded by sinners. And I'm one of them. Okay, That second part is really important. Because we can easily. Limit ourselves and go. Oh man I am surrounded by sinners. And we quickly become like a Pharisee. And we say. Look at these people. Look at, look at this section over here. What's up with them? I'm not picking on you guys. It's okay. God bless you guys. Okay? But really, that's the mentality we take. Even when we step out into the community, if we look around and we go, oh man, I can't believe what these people are doing over here. I can't believe what's taking place. Oh, in reality, true fellowship happens when I look around me and I go, oh man, these people need Christ. And I look at myself and I, oh man, I need Christ. I need something way more than myself. And then when that happens, all of a sudden I should grow in this desire to grow with other people as we become more like Jesus. And as we do that, there becomes an active participation, a sharing, a growing, a movement amongst each other. And as that happens... That's what fellowship is. Now, let me ask you a specific question in the midst of this. Do you think that authentic fellowship that's rooted in these things can happen to its entirety if we do not gather together? I want you to think about that. Do you believe that fellowship as it's biblically talked about, biblically mentioned to be, can take place or happen to its full extent if we do not gather together. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 10. In light of this definition of fellowship and understanding that we see that happening within Acts chapter 2, and understand that Acts chapter 2, what we just read and talked about, is following 3,000 people that had come to faith in Christ at that time. And so all of a sudden, there is an urgent need for fellowship amongst people. And so you see this taking place, see this happening. But some people have asked me before, I actually get this question a lot. Why do we need to gather together? And in fact, if you look statistically, statistically, church attendance is on the decline, okay? Gathering together is becoming less and less popular, and in fact, it is more prominent amongst Christians to say, I do not need to go to church in order to follow Christ. Now, while that may be true in a personal sense, what we're going to see here is a command of Scripture that says, if you live your life that way you limit yourself greatly to the potential that God has for you and your life. The potential for growth is there. Okay? Hey. Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to look specifically at verse 19. So turn those pages. And this is where we get to use my handy props. Okay? Hey. Okay? This section of Hebrews is what I often call the lettuce section of Scripture. And you're going to understand here in a minute exactly why I call it that. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to emphasize that last bit there when it came to our main idea that the need for authentic community should increase the closer we get to eternity. Should increase. Now, there's three specific things here, alright? The first one's already up there. Everyone say it. Let us draw near, okay? First head of lettuce. Alright? Let us draw near. I use visuals like these so that really, when you walk away from here, this is what you're gonna remember. Nobody's gonna remember half of what I said. I mean, let's just be honest But you'll remember this Okay, i'm a visual person. So if I can remember hey, there's a head of lettuce There were three heads of lettuce on stage. What did that mean? Well, then you go to hebrews 10 and you go. Oh, there's three commands First one. Let us draw near the question you have to bring up in that is draw near to what? And the answer is very simply You draw near to god Let us draw near to him and specifically some of your translations will say that specifically draw near to God. And this simply says, let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance, everyone say assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, recognizing what Jesus has done for us, we should draw near to God. And if we look back at Hebrews four, we we looked at that last week, and it stated specifically that we should draw near to the throne of grace. Have you thought about that? Thought about what God has given, what God sacrificed? And yet we struggle with this, we come back to this place and we go, well, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good place in my walk with Jesus. I don't think I need to do anything else. The command of Hebrews 10 comes back and said, let us draw near. Everyone say it again. Let us draw near. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Say it. Let us. Let us. Hold fast. Everyone say, hold fast. Okay. This comes back to our ability to persevere. Now how many of you would identify and say, it's a lot easier to persevere through trial when you got people around you? How many would say that? Okay? Most of us desire, if something happens to us, man, a phone call can do the, a world of difference. Someone stopping in and checking on us can do a, a world of difference. Someone sending a letter. Someone to just sit and be with you, even if they don't know what to say. And when it comes down to it, it's that kind of community that should be drawing us near to God, but it should also cause us to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. In other words, God is faithful. Turn your neighbor and say, God is faithful. Now, the third one becomes really active in nature in how we live that out and do it. Okay, so everyone say it. Let us. us, And what does that say? Stir up one another. I love this phrase. Because the image of stirring things up, stirring each other up, it means that it doesn't stay in the same form. And if you ever bake something, like if you make brownies or cookies and you start stirring something and it stays in the same form, something is wrong. It's wrong, okay? Don't put those cookies in the oven. Don't do it, alright? But the reality is when we stir one another up, it means we should be combining some different things and it makes something that is amazing, And it's so interesting. It doesn't just say stir up each other. It says stir one another up to love and good works. And then verse 25, get this, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. If you wonder what the day is referring to, it's referring throughout scripture. It's known as the day of Christ when Christ returns. And we do believe he's going to return. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's what we are anticipating. And yet in the midst of this, there is an active participation, a sharing in a fellowship with each other that should be rooted in these truths that cause us to draw near to each other while drawing near to God. Ultimately, that should be our first focus. I'm going to draw near to God as I draw near to God. I'm going to be in community with all these other people who are drawing near to God at the same time. And man, when I'm faced with hard trials, I am holding fast the confession of my faith. Because he who promised is faithful. God God is faithful. And then you know what? I'm not going to stop there. Because it's not just about me. It's about my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'm going to seek to stir other people up to do this as well. Because this is important. And this should answer a question that can fellowship with each other, can we truly reach our full potential as followers of Jesus if we don't gather together? What's the answer to that? No, no. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to ask that question again. Can we reach our full potential church if we don't gather together with one another? Oh, that's so much better. Okay. All right. I want you to get this because this is This is becoming more and more common amongst us today that we can do all of this without gathering with one another and there's some people who say well They were just meeting in their homes. That's true But in acts chapter 2, did you notice that they were also gathering daily in the temple courts together? So if you really want to follow the biblical model, we should be here every day before we start our day We should come together every day and pray for each other and equip each other and stir each other up and say all right We're gonna go and we're gonna be the light of Christ and so enough of this whole thing where we're saying, well, if, you know, if we were really following the biblical model, we would just meet in homes and we wouldn't gather here at all. No. We still need the Word of God. We still need to look around and see with each other that, man, we're not alone. We're in this together. And we're going to pursue this together. We're going to stir each other up. We're not going to leave anyone behind. Do you grasp that? The need for authentic community should increase the closer we get to eternity. So, I want to ask this question. What falls apart when we fail to meet together? I'm going to give you three things. One, we further the narrative that we are alone. It's a narrative that many people live with all the time. Many people struggle with this. And there's no reason to just cast someone off because they seem to always feel like they're alone. All right. Come alongside those people. Encourage those people. Talk with those people. Minister to those people. But if we don't gather together, we just further this narrative. We just, well, I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And I guess when we see each other, hey, how is it going? Secondly, we encourage those in Christ To find authentic community elsewhere. If we don't gather together. If we don't meet together. Then all we're saying is. If we identify that we have a need for community. All we're saying is. Go find your community somewhere else. Find your community with other people. That should not be the case church. I I desire so much. That we would be a place where people desire. To be part of our community here. But we've got to. We've got to be able to fulfill each of these. Let us commands if we desire to be a community worth being a part of. Okay? Thirdly, what falls apart when we fail to meet together? We become okay with the primary influence to our own lives to be one that is not rooted in biblical truth. Okay? If we just say, I'm okay with the community I have, whether it's authentic or not, I like it, I'm comfortable here, I'm good then we're just saying, I'm, I'm okay with the most the, the primary influence of my life being, being that which is not of Christ. And if you're in a job where you're surrounded by mostly unchurched people, praise God for the influence you have, but do not find your primary community there. You have got to have people around you who are going to push you to become more like Jesus, not more like the world. And I'm sorry... But the the reality is that you simply being in that place, surrounded by those people and saying, I'm just going to do everything they do and they're going to come to Christ. That doesn't happen. 99% of the time, you get sucked into their world, not the other way around. You've got to be rooted into a place that is solid and filled with truth. Holding fast to biblical principles. We've got to pursue that together. So an application of this, there's two questions I want to ask. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And we're going to sing a, we're going to sing a song before we take communion together. Um, but there's two questions I want, to, I want you to ask in application, thinking through this. Number one, is your current community truly authentic? All right, that's a question we've been asking throughout this series. Is your current community truly authentic? Is it rooted in truth or not? Secondly. Which. Lettuce command. All right. If you want to just remember each of these. Which head of lettuce is most lacking. In your personal practice and your personal community. Is it that. You don't draw near to God. Your community doesn't draw near to God. Is it that you just don't hold fast to the confession of faith? Because he who promised is faithful. Or is it that you don't really stir each other up more and more as you see the day drawing near. Not forsaking to meet together. What's, what's the most lacking? And maybe it's multiple. Maybe it's several of these. And I want you to think about. That. I want you. I want us to process through that. I, w- I desire that we would be a place where you see authentic community, that you see realness. That's why I'm so encouraged by when people like Adam just share their testimony because it's real. That's real life. Real life is not we pass each other in the hallway and say, "Oh, how are you? I'm good." "Oh, well, I'm good too." No, I'm, I'm, we're not. We're struggling. We have this tension with our flesh, seeking to become more like Jesus, and we just fall short. That's why we need each other. We need each other. So church, ask yourself these questions. And I want you to think about that as we prepare for communion, because then we're going to read a passage in 1 Corinthians at the time of communion. And uh, it emphasizes this even more when we come to remember Christ's sacrifice for us. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who is faithful. That you're a God who we can trust. Father, convict us, challenge us of these things that we might glorify your name in this place but outside these walls as well that we would find our primary source of community amongst brothers and sisters in Christ that we would see the value the benefit of that and Lord that we wouldn't simply remain in our little huddles of community but Lord that we would reach beyond that because we have a desire to see those outside of that come into that and be wrapped in the comfort of The assurance. Lord, I praise you that you are faithful and patient with us as we learn and grow in these things. Lord, challenge us in this time, we pray in Jesus' name.